is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. The Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come first. Hello everybody and welcome to the festive episode of the Rams Review Podcast. With myself Jason and Corey as always, Corey's here. Corey, festive greetings to you, how are we? Season's greetings, Jason. Merry Christmas. Hope you have a happy new year, but I'll talk to you before then. I hope you've been a good boy because Santa's coming to town and all I want for Christmas, Jason, is three points. Yes, uh, and more on the game over the festive period. Well, the first one anyway, that home day, what should have been Boxing Day Christmas cracker, which is now 27th, COVID permitting. Won't be the first time we'll say that uh, sentence, I'm sure, in the next uh, half an hour chat. But uh, yeah, that one we're looking forward to. We're going to be covering that a little bit later on in the show. First off, because it's been two weeks since we've spoken, Corey, because of COVID. There we go. That's the second mention for it already. As the game against Cardiff last Saturday, disappointingly, in some respects, was called off due to COVID ripping through, as we well knew, against Blackpool, ripped through Derby's uh, team and Cardiff. So that game couldn't go ahead and we'll wait to see when that one gets rescheduled for. I don't believe anything's been announced on that as of yet. So first port of call on the podcast, what we haven't done is talked a a review of the Blackpool game, which isn't going to take as long because it was two weeks ago and everybody knows what happened. But I'd like to share a few thoughts. I um, I do think... It's exact, it was exactly what Derby need and want at this moment in time. No dramas. Not exactly the most exciting of games, Corey. Three points. Clean sheet. It, it's not the time for Derby to have fancy football and not coming out with the results at the minute. On, on, the, on the run that they've been on, and obviously I've touched on it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, that you know, two, one win in 11 or whatever it was, one win in 12 or whatever it was. It it was it was one of them games that Derby had to win at home. We know we know the odds are stacked. We we say it far too often for my liking, but we know the odds are stacked this season. Blackpool was a game we had to put we had to take three points out of. And I know our predictions with Lee weren't exactly um, pointing in that direction, but we have to be we have to be real. But I think you know, come game day, come five to three when I when I had my bum on the seat at Pride Park in the South Stand, my feelings were. Derby County have to get three points out of this game. And I thought, Julie, they they did they did exactly what they needed to do to get those three points. I don't think Blackpool were anything particularly fantastic. Uh, they got in and around Derby a couple of times. But other than that, it was... I, I, I think the word's routine. Uh, it was a routine home performance, three points, clean sheet. Um, nothing really huge to stand out of the game. No real massive talking points. Apart from the goal scorer, Corey, Luke Plange, first start, first goal. Can't expect any more from an 18, 19-year-old, can you? No, fantastic. And, and it's good to see Luke get some game time. And it was good to see Aaron Cashin as well uh, get on the field at the end of the game. So hopefully they'll continue to get some more game time uh, between now and the end of the season because Darby need the bodies in. We don't know what's going to happen in January because there's some breaking news that we're going to get to in a minute, Jason. But um, yeah, so very interesting and good to see the lad, you know, on his first start at home, get the goal, especially the winner um, and everything like that. And I think, it, again, I say this, I, I, I guess I sound a little bit of like a broken record sometimes because I sit here and I think, you look at the league position Blackpool's in and we've kind of bullet them up in the, in the preview episode with Lee and, and rightly so because they've, they've had a fantastic start to the season. But then when you watch them uh, and, and you watch them take part, you know, you think, how are, how are they this far up the division? And, and it just shows that, you know, this Derby team is lacking in something because even if you added back on the 21 points, I think they would be on 25 or something like that, still out of relegation zone, still in the bottom third. But Derby are not too far away. They're, they're competitive. Well, they are competitive at this division. They're not being outplayed by anybody at this division uh, that we've seen so far, bar one or two performances, which happens to everybody. Um, but yeah, like you said, routine win and much needed for Derby to, to kind of stop the rot that they had been on um, because we had been talking about how 
you know, if they hadn't had the point deduction, Darby had been mid table. And then you kind of realize that even with the form that, that they were in, they were dropping like a stone down that table. Even if you add in that 21 points, right. You can still start to see the form and that kind of stuff and get a, get a realistic realization of where this, where this team is. So yeah, much needed win, a uh, change of shape. Good to see Kemal Jujwiak. Uh, we talked about this um, on, on, on sports scene with Chris Coles uh, last time, last time we, we were doing something on air, Jason, and it was great to see, uh, great to see Kemal Jujwiak in the wing back role. Hopefully that continues because we know that he's an asset there. And I said this, uh, in, in a podcast previous, it was either the previous podcast, or the one before that is, you know, you can't afford to have a Polish international sit on the bench who's got undoubted quality. Yes, he struggled in his time at Derby, but you can't sit here and have him ride the bench when he's on the money that he's on and the club has outlaid four and a half million pounds, reportedly four and a half million pounds for him. So he has to be in the lineup. He has to play. And I think it's it's time now for Rooney to try to get as many assets and tools uh, into this team to work as many as possible. And you have to play people in strange positions or change the shape to fit as many of these pieces that you can, that can be positive pieces for Darby. Um, definitely, um, definitely need to, to, to do that as much as possible. But yeah, like you said, routine home win, one nil, three points, clean sheet. Thank you very much. We'll take that all day. Um, and hopefully we can continue with boring one nil clean sheet wins the rest of the season, because that would stand Darby in, in a heck of a good stead. Uh, for the second half of the season. So bring on the routine wins all day, Jason. I, I was, I was, I was, as they say, chuffed a bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that is, that's what you can take from it. It wasn't fantastic. It wasn't um, rip roaring, you know, but it, it was what it was points on the board, obviously at, where Derby are at the moment is, is the most important thing. And yeah, that Cardiff game would have been interesting to see how I would have rolled into that one. Obviously, depleted squad as well against Blackpool in some respects. Change of shape, change of, change of formation, change of style. And, you know, for that one game, it worked well. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened at Cardiff because they'd have probably had to have played that way. Uh, listening to uh, Wayne Rooney in his press conference bef- uh, this morning, Corey, sounds like that the majority of those are going to be back for the game as long as it doesn't get called off against West Brom uh, on Monday. So will he go back to, you know, Derby's bread and butter, what they've, what they've been, you know, what they've done for the majority of the season. I think you would presume that, that, uh, that, that will have to be the case. Um, but of course, you know, we're going in and we're, we're going to cover that in, in a second. We're going to go on to the West Brom preview. Um, we've got some, some thoughts from, from Louis uh, on, on West Brom at the moment. And, you know, just to put my two pence worth in on that game, West Brom's one of them teams, Corey, that Derby has had the number for, for, for a few years, I would say now. You know, I can go back three or four years. Derby have always usually had a, had a pretty, good, uh, pretty good set of results against West Brom. So, you know, you've got to go in on the, on the 27th with, with confidence. You're going to have to. You're at home again. Um, again, something Wayne said, I think, in that, you know, period since the COVID outbreak, there's only been like two days training. So how's that going to, you know, how's that going to affect people? Um, how's that affected preparation? Is is doing the best that he can. So maybe that's a bit of a negative, but all they can do, they've just got to go into the game, haven't they? And and and, and do what they can. And, you know, what what will be, what will, will be uh, very similar to that game at the Hawthorns earlier on this season where Derby went into that, not expecting to pull up any trees, not expecting to get any points out of it. Even with the home advantage, I don't think Derby going to that game on on Monday, expecting to get anything out of the game. In all fairness, uh, you know, you look at the the difference between the two sides; it's it's chalk and cheese at the minute with with where West Brom are riding. So, um, but as we well know, Corey, they're they're the type of games this season that that Derby have been have been getting those results, isn't it? Yeah, they have Derby every time they seem to play a team in the top half and top six of the table, they tend to get a result out of it. I would agree, Jason. I don't think that they go into the game's favorite, although I do think that Derby have more than a fighting chance in, in the game. Um, you know, it's going to be a bit strange with COVID. Anytime you have a, a game postponement and then you go, what is it now, 10 days or something without without a bit of a bit of a, a game or anything like that. Um, it's a, it, it's really difficult to pick up on form and things like that because it can really affect. We don't know what players are going to be fit. We don't know what's going to be available. Um, we don't know what's going to happen, even if the game's going to go on. Wayne Rooney can say whatever he wants in his press conference, um, as as he will do. And I'm not criticizing Wayne because that's his job uh, to give, to give those pressers. Um, but you don't know; they could be on the way to the Hawthorns, like um, Burnley were on the way to Villa the other day, and then they called it off. Um, so there's a lot of things. So until they until they get there, uh, the lineups are announced and the game actually kicks off. I won't really believe the game's going to be taking place because you don't know. There were two Premier League fixtures called off earlier today on Boxing Day. And there was a championship fixture just called off Fulham and Birmingham 
um, on, on uh, Boxing Day as well. So the COVID tests are starting to come in and you don't know how many players are going to pop positives or anything like that. And then who's having effects from potential long-term COVID or anything like that. And like Wayne said, if you can't put on a training session and the training ground's been shut and desanitized and the players have been away, you know, th- there's a lot of mitigating factors in- into that as well. So it will be an interesting festive period. It's going to be an interesting period of time now for the next several weeks as we, you know, as the, as the variant continues to, to, um, to rip through the world. I know Jason obviously is ripping through England. I know it's coming through to America as well. We're a little bit behind you in terms of the curve and everything like that. So it will be interesting to see, um, um, especially with the, with the, with the amount of players that are unvaccinated in the league, how it continues to affect the footballing schedules and everything like that. And, and potentially after we get out the festive fixtures, could there potentially be another, you know, shut down for a couple of weeks to end it? Um, potentially, could they go behind below those floors? Potentially, we don't know. So there's a lot of unknown factors uh, with the COVID and everything like that. So hopefully the games go ahead. And I think the most important thing, Jason, that, that I, I just want to say on the podcast is, you know, the most important thing here uh, in terms of everything, I understand how big the festive fixtures are. Believe me, I understand. But I think the most important thing here is player health, player safety, and the safety of fans and those that watch it as well. Uh, to make sure that that they're safe um, and, and able to play and, and nobody's being put into a situation where they're having to play or something like that uh, when they're ill or they're not fit or something like that. So I think player safety and, and, and public safety and public health is, is, is paramount right now. Um, but at the same time, obviously, as a football fan, I want to see the games go ahead and I want Darby to, to go out there and, and, and smash West Brom on, I guess it's the Boxing Day fixture, not on Boxing Day. I guess I, guess I still think of it as the Boxing Day fixture, but it's not. It's on Monday. Uh, Monday night for that. So it, w- it will be very interesting, but um, you know, wait and see, and hopefully, hopefully the two teams show up and everybody's fit and healthy and, and raring to go and Darby can get a result. Fingers crossed. I mean, you know, you're right. COVID is, it's, it's obviously apparent in this country again. Um, but if they, if anybody from the EFL listens to this podcast, if they want to curtail the season and, uh, you know, do a points per game, so Derby stay up or, or whatever, then yeah, default that, that'd be absolutely great. But, um, no, I mean at the end of the day, it's it, the the festive fixtures are always great to go to, Corey. Of course, um, and but I have to I have to push what you've just said there. You know, player safety, fan safety, and all that is it has to be paramount. It has to come first. Um, and the, obviously, those decisions are being taken with you say plenty of games being called off at the moment. We'll we'll just have to wait and see. All the indications from Wayne Rooney's press conference is that so far the games ahead. You know, they've got. 95% of the team available um, and it, it's I suppose it depends what um, what news comes out of the West Brom camp uh, but we'll have to wait and see but um, before we move on to more pressing matters Corey let's have a listen to what Louis got to say all things West Brom Hello to everybody at the Rams Review Podcast. It's Louis Bent here from the Backies Podcast, where I talk about all things West Bromwich Albion. Uh, you last heard me here on the Rams Review Podcast chatting with Corey about the uh, the previous fixture between ourselves, uh, West Bromwich Albion and Derby, which finished 0-0. Uh, back again to, to preview the other exciting clash that's uh, kicking off uh, on Monday. So yeah, looking forward to getting into this and uh, obviously chatting a little bit about uh, what you can expect from West Broms. How has the season gone so far? That season so far has been quite, I think, I think quite mixed is probably the word to use. There's been patches which includes your, the game with yourselves where we, we've kind of really doubted Valerian Ishmael, our new manager, you know, and his coaching philosophy and, and how he's actually adapting to, to, to life in the championship with this new squad. But there's times where I, I look at Albion and I think that's a, that's a potential league winning team. It's just been a little inconsistent and too many times I think not having a clinical striker up front has cost us. So, yeah, in terms of that, I think I've been a little worried with the season so far in that respect. But to be third within touching distance of, oh, well, fourth at the moment, we got overtaken by Blackburn, actually. Uh, to be, you know, within touching distance of even first place is a really good place to be at the moment uh, with the January window ahead and hopefully getting in those reinforcements that are going to make us a little better. What is the recent form like? Uh, our recent form has been a bit mixed. Uh, last game was a 0-0 draw against uh, Barnsley, which was... Yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, traditional uh, Albion performance from what we've expected this season, you know, playing against a side that are going to set up hard to beat like like yourselves were um, back at the start of the season and, you know, just not being able to convert any chances. So, yeah, I feel like our recent form has been testament to that. However, there's been good performances. Really impressed with how we played against Reading with a really depleted side. Really impressed with how we played against Coventry with uh, against a really good Coventry side I've been massively impressed with. So, 
yeah, I've been impressed with some games so far, but not 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 impressed by by, by some here. What are your thoughts? On the manager. Ishmael has come in, he's brought in a new philosophy, which I like. I like the fact that we're willing to stick with the manager and I like the fact that we're willing to give a manager that sort of time and, and a chance to get going and, and to kind of build his own philosophy into a club because we've had too much, too much chopping and changing. So Ishmael, I think he does have his flaws. He does have his tactical flaws where he fails to adapt to games. You're, the game with yourselves being one of those where I saw that he was unwilling to really adapt and, and change his tactics depending on who we were playing. And that kind of sparked off some worries in me and it's kind of continued through there. But now I've kind of come to the conclusion that he can definitely get us into an automatic promotion spot this season if we have a striker that can finish chances clinically. And I'm hoping that's going to come to us very soon in in January. But yeah, we'll see about that. But Ishmael for now, I think he gets a solid 7 out of 10. Done a good job with the squad he has, but I do think he's been underfunded significantly. And I'm hoping that meetings with uh, the the, uh, major shareholder at the club are going to really help. So who are your key players key players for us I'd say Alex Mowat has got to be a real key player um, he's been very good for us in the middle of the park uh, however if he's playing along the side Livermore you know it, it tends to be that he doesn't have as much creative freedom and doesn't really you know he has a lot more responsibility to make up for almost Livermore's lack of legs so yeah I'd say Alex Mowat's probably the man to watch for us but then again there's been players such as Carl and Grant who've been getting us the goals uh, be it in, in small in sort of trickles throughout the season um, yeah I'd, I'd look out for those two I think they're definitely going to be ones to watch but yeah I've been really impressed with with, with them two and especially Alex Mowat coming from Barnsley and fitting into the system seamlessly like he did at Barnsley and how will you line up against the Rams tactically? Yeah, the tactics are going to be quite similar to every game. We, we like to play a 3-4-3 formation. That will probably never, ever, ever change. If it does, I'll be mightily surprised. But yeah, I think the tactics, you know, it's, it's more about high press. If we can get it done, you know, if you fancy, if, if you're a team that fancies a plane around the back, chances are you won't be able to work very well against Valerian and Ishmael's side. So... Yeah, I think that's going to be um, that's going to be a thing. You know, we, we exploited it very well against Coventry. Mark Robbins, of course, massively praised the work that he's done at Coventry. But you know, he's very naive in the way that he wanted us to wanted his side to play out from the back. So, yeah, I think if if you play out from the back, you're in a little bit of trouble. But other than that, it's quite direct, quite. Um, Quite, quite, sort of missing out the middle of the park in what we do. Overlaps on the on the wide areas to try and get crosses in, but unfortunately there just hasn't been that striker to, to convert the crosses that have been put into the box. Um, what are your strengths? Our strengths are definitely like you know, you know, if we if you play out from the back against us, we will press the ball high up the pitch, and also if we get the overloads out wide, we can whip some really dangerous crosses in. And you know, as an Albion fan, I just hope that one of those will fall to a player that we a player that will actually put the ball in the net. Where can Derby hurt you? Uh, in terms of weaknesses, it's, it's probably goal scoring. I think defensively we're very solid. I think yeah, I, th- I think it'd be difficult to, to poach too many goals against us this season unless you unless you're Alexander Mitrovic. But yeah, I think the weaknesses can be definitely told as as, as, as kind of um, you know not being able to finish the chances. You know, you could probably give us give Jordan Hugill twenty shots in front of goal. He may only score one. So. Yeah, I feel like that's a bit of a weakness. We we can't finish our dinner a lot of the time, and a lot of the time that that gets a team that's played that played pretty poorly against us the chance to get out of jail because we haven't been able to convert the chances like like a Fulham or a Bournemouth would be able to. What are your thoughts on the Rams? In terms of Derby, I, 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 I've been really impressed, to be honest, with the fight and the determination shown by by yourselves and especially your manager Wayne Rooney. I think it's been, you know, really difficult for you fans, for fans of Derby, of course, and I completely, you know, I completely can understand how you guys are feeling at the moment with the way that that things are at your club, and I, I do, you know do sympathise a lot with you, with it and you know Wayne Rooney's done a smashing job considering the squad that he has to work with you know build up on academy players and, and free agents you know he's done an incredible job to, to you know before you got that second points deduction to have a lot to, you know have a lot to cling to really in the championship and I feel like he'd be able to survive comfortably if it wasn't for the, the, the points deduction so yeah he's proved himself as a manager and I feel like yeah they you guys have done a really good job all things considering and you know I'd love to see you survive to be honest I'd love to see you come through and, and get through this I, I, I probably can't see it happening as I'm sure a lot of Derby fans can't how do you think the game will go Derby will provide a good a stern contest like they did last time and you know the game will be quite similar to last time I think you guys will set up to try and, and kind of contain Albion and that's where we really struggle against sides who do that so if I had to give a piece of advice to Wayne Rooney it would be to, to try and contain Albion and try and be physical and matches physically and just sort of sit behind the ball I think that's probably the best way that you can even you, you can get a point maybe nick a win against Albion because it makes it really difficult for us to create those chances what is your score prediction my score prediction 
I'd probably say another... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'd say another nil-nil. I feel like it's going to be very similar to the Barnsley game. And I feel like it, it needs to be another nil-nil to just kind of reinforce that belief from Ishmael that we the striker is what we need. And, you know, uh, Daryl DK has been linked with us. He's a player that a lot of Albion fans want, myself included. And I feel like we just need that goal scorer to tip us over the line. And I feel like if we, you know, if we draw nil nil against you, it would just be testament to the problems that have been going on recently. So I feel like that's going to be the scoreline. But a massive thank you for inviting me back onto the Rams Review podcast. It's been a massive pleasure uh, chatting away uh, for you for the last seven minutes. But yeah, a big thank you and best of luck uh, for the game. Before the next segment, I want to quickly talk to you about the Fan Hub app. Fanhub are looking to put fans first and change the game, giving back to the real heroes of football, us, the fans. Download the app now from Apple or Google stores and get involved predicting lineups, checking on match days and check your fan statistics. Compete against fans of our club and other football teams. Let's help get Derby County up that leaderboard. Also, it's a great way to get media content from all creators across the Fanhub family, including our stuff at the Rams Review Podcast, for Derby County. Download today and you can avoid the queue using our unique code. Contact us on social media for more details and check out the FanHub app and website. Before we move on to our next segment, we are proud to announce that we are going to be partnering with two amazing organizations this year. First is going to be Flat Back 4 and the second is Six Yards Out. Flat Back 4 provide a wide range of club um, memorabilia with the kind of foosball four guys um, on it as well. Amazing clothing range. They've got some awesome Derby stuff. So go and check them out. And we'll be doing some competition giveaways um, and various different bits and bobs throughout the season. So stay tuned for that. And our second partnership is going to be with the Six Yard Out folks. They do some amazing different kind of bespoke gifts, all kind of things Derby County. They've got England mugs, Derby County mugs, and various different kits. And you can get them customized and have old players on them. Um, some really amazing things. You can use Rams Review. As a, as a coupon code there as well and get 10% off. Really proud to be partnering with two amazing retail retail partners. So be on the lookout for those um, and check them out if you haven't already. Um, again, that's, that's Flatback 4 and Six Yards Out. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the next segment. I think it's out to Louis. Great insights. Thanks for joining the podcast again, Louis. It's been an absolute pleasure meeting you this season and all the best for the rest of it, apart from obviously Monday. Right. On to more important matters, Corey. Get the uh, get get the football out of the way on is the this pitch. is this where we run the the breaking news title on the breaking news podcast kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. I, unfortunately I haven't got a uh, I haven't got a little edit to put in, so we're just gonna have to we're just like, gonna have to roll with it. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah, it's as we sit recording this, we in the last hour have had, by the looks of it, an update from Quantuma. And because today, Jason, to cut you off, was supposed to be preferred bitter day. It was supposed to day me and you were supposed to sit down and go, we know who the preferred bitter from the administrators are. But yeah. alas, because it's Derby County and it's not a normal situation that we're ever in. What the administrators done? They got their own bottle, their own cans of Coke out. You know what they decided to do, Jason? They decided to play kick the can down the road yet again, which seems to be their favorite festive game. It does seem over the over the last couple of weeks. Now let's let's just put some facts out there. Me and you have nothing to do with the administration. We know nothing about it. We know we don't know the uh, administrators. We are not professionals in in this in this line of business. They 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 have said time and time again that they set these you know these objectives these timescales that were going to be ambitious and up until about what seven days ago probably i think everybody were kind of on board with that the the first rumbling about seven days ago was that yeah it might not be beginning of january might sort of be you know middle middle to end of january and we're all like okay okay now that seems to be vastly i've seen uh media outlets putting out it could be as late as the end of february so things obviously haven't gone the way that they probably want them. Nothing's come out to say the reasons why. I think we can guess it's more than likely something to do with this tax bill that Derby have got and the negotiations for that, even though... I think it's also something to do, Jason, with the fact that they're making one and a half million pounds a month as well. <laughs> well, yes, I don't think I'd be so... Sorry, that's that. a little controversial there, but I'm just going to chuck that out there because I've got some thoughts and I'm just going to chuck I'm just gonna chuck that out there and I'm going to shut up and let you finish. Sorry no, for no, but you could well be right. I mean, it's but there are little rumblings coming out 
um, th these deadlines, if you want to call them deadlines, they, they were deadlines that they set themselves. It's, it's no other deadlines. The, these timescales and timeframes that they've set themselves slowly but surely seem to be being stretched out and stretched out and stretched out, which, you know, if, if this whole process isn't damaging enough for the club and for the future of the club, it's now where it's, it's going to, it's going to really start to pinch and really going to start hitting home. Obviously we're talking January transfer window. Corey, we never expected somebody to come in and, and thrash 60 million at the transfer window, but we, we needed that transfer window to give us, to give the fans a little bit of optimism, to give the fans a little bit of excitement, to give the fans, you know, a little bit of, of an idea as to where Derby County are going in the next six to 12 months, in whatever division they may well be in in the summer. It was always going to be about, at the end of January, we could have sat down and gone, right, we've lost seven players. We've brought in five who were decent League One or, or whatever it may, whatever the scenario may well have been. And fans would have been able to just sit there and go, right, this is the plan from the club. This is the plan from a new board's perspective or whatever, the, the the fans have then got time to get behind that. Obviously, the longer that this goes on, the uncertainty, if January comes and goes, nobody leaves, nobody comes in, then we're in a very similar scenario, which we were in last summer, where all the business is going to happen in summer, if the takeover is, is taken place by then, fingers crossed, God to hope that it has. But we, we come into then another summer where big huge changeovers have, have to happen. Um, and I think January was an opportunity where you could, you could set the wheel in motion on this and trickle and, you know, and trickle that, that, that transition out. I think most fans, as I, I, Corey will all agree, we don't want to lose the likes of Buchanan and Sibley and Bird and Shinny, but, uh, and, and, you know, whoever else, but they are, they are the realities of where Derby County are as a, as a, as a football club. And I think if it was just a bit more staged and a bit more, um, made to look a bit more professional about it, I think. I think Derby fans would have got on board with it. Again, by the looks of it now, it could well run to the summer. All those players are going to be out of contract. You would presume most of them aren't going to be interested in re-signing if Derby go down to League One. It's an absolute, you know, travesty. They lose 10 players. The squad's absolutely decimated. You would then, with all the other financial restrictions, this was still going to be an issue anyway, but with all the financial restrictions and transfer embargoes up until due, at the end of June at least, you know, that there's no way that Derby can get real realistically, they can't get any deals done ready for, you know, for then. And so we have the same scenario where we're going into pre-season, possibly with seven, eight, nine, ten trialists. And that that's not good when all this is unfortunately meant to be a re it's gonna give Derby that restart that we've been banging on about for a while. It's not the greatest way to start it, is it? No, it's not. And and you're dead on there, Jason. I think the administration initially said they'd hoped to have the preferred bidder and the deal would be done by January. We're like, okay, great. Because we'd heard reports that, and we're still hearing reports that the cash at Derby County is going to run out at the end of January. They're going to go to the ATM machine at whatever bank they're part of and Derby County will have zero money. Paying wages, everything like that. And that's automatic liquidation at that point. Them continuing to kick it down the road is bad for business. Now, currently ongoing right now, Chris Kirshner is on Twitter and he's, he's providing some very good entertainment calling what he wants to call Mel Morris with certain four-letter words and everything like that. I'm sure you can, you'll see, you'll see those Twitter threads and everything like that. There's some obviously on our page and, and everything like that. Um, it, it's a difficult situation, Jason, because you're dead on. I think the, the further you get into January and this deal's not done and this deal is, this deal does not feel done. This deal does not feel anywhere close to being done or anything like that. Um, the longer this goes on, the more that Derby will have to have a fire sale in January to be able to keep the lights on, to be able to have a football club. So you will see the likes of those players move on. Then you have a situation where Derby can't necessarily renew contracts because they don't know what division they're going to be in. They don't know what the budgets are going to be. So you have eight or nine first team players, Tom Lawrence, Val Morrison, uh, Graham Shinney, Nathan Byrne, Kel Roos, Ryan Alsop, Curtis Davis, basically the entire team will be out of contract in the summer. And like you said, then you have to find replacements for those players. You don't know what league you're going to be in. You can't bring any of the players. And I think that we, we, like you said, we don't think any of us, any of us expected to go out there and spend 40, 50, 60 million to keep Darby up. That was just never going to happen. What I was expecting is that they renew the contract for Phil Jagielka. Sam Baldock leaves. They try to get a couple more free agents in to try to bolster the numbers to maybe add a little bit of quality in the final third or something like that. Another free agent. So you're not going to find much, but 
um, they're not only free agents, they're free agents who've been out of contract for like seven months. So, you know, who are you going to really get? But I, my, I was hopeful that they'd be able to pick up a couple players, maybe a loan signing, just to just to paper over the cracks a little bit to get them to that season. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. That's going to be really that's going to be a really damaging situation for Rooney. Um, it's going to be really damaging for Darby's hopes to try to stay up. If we had any glimmer of hope, right? We I still have a little bit of glimmer. Uh, I said this yesterday on a, on a podcast we were on. Um, it's 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 very much like the lights flickering, but there's still a little bit of light before it distinguishes fully with the hope. Um, and, and, and you need to have some certainty and Darby, like you say, need to have some building blocks to go in and, and build around whatever division they're going to be in. But if it's, if it's the choice, but I, I mean, you can see West Brahma reportedly interested in a left footed midfielder, natural link there, Louis Sibley. Um, you can see that Buchanan's had, had offers before he's not been in the team, obviously, because he's been injured. So his value is going to be lower. Maybe a team goes and snaps because Darby are really desperate for the money. Max Bird's had a good season. I think he has one of the highest pass accuracies in the division. I think it's like something ridiculous, like 85% of his passes are completed, which is insane. Um, he could potentially go. Uh, we've heard discourse between Kazim Richards is not happy with his role. Maybe he leaves. Tom Lawrence, maybe he leaves. You know, because you, you have a choice here, Jason. You can let players walk for free in summer, or you can try to get something for the players. And I think that once they start, once one or two go out the door, it's going to be very easy for four or five or six to leave. Um, I think players, I think, us fans are fed up of it, um, of all the of all the stuff that goes on off the field. I think the players are fed up of it. I think Rooney's fed up of it. I think the press is fed up of it. I think everyone's just fed up of it and just wants to find some conclusion. But the club is such a mess, you can't find a conclusion. Um, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully they can get this deal done. And it's just, you know, the administrator just want to get out of their 50000 you know, get lower the hotel bit a bit, you know, charge Dobby some train fare, bugger off back to London. And have a nice Christmas pudding and then take train fare back. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But it does seem like they continue to kick the cans down the road on self-imposed deadlines. It's not deadlines that anyone else has set except for them. So it's not like, oh, we can't make the deadline. You're the one who created the deadline. If you say to your wife, I'm going to do the Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve, that's the deadline you've set. And if you miss it, whose fault is it? Yours. Because you set the deadline. No one else did. She didn't tell you to go out on Christmas Eve and Christmas shopping. Um, that aside, I hope you got me something nice. Thank you. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, this, this situation has to be cleared up or we will not have a football club. That is how dire it is. I'm not trying to come on here and scaremonger or, or fear or anything like that, but we need to face the facts. And I think the bottom line is a lot of fans came in here, came in when, when Mel Morris left and the administration came in and they seemed like the absolute shine in light, right? They started cozying up with the supporters groups, black and white trust and the Ram, black and white forever and the Rams trust or whatever started having Zoom meetings with them and talking to them, and it sounded great. You realize they're being charged for that, too. FYI, they're, they're not doing that gratis. They're charging the club money to be able to do these talks, whatever. But they're continuing to miss these deadlines. They're continuing to drag their feet on these, on these, on these deals, and it's starting, it's starting to feel a little sketchy. It's starting to feel a little bit like, you know what? If you were so interested in this football club, you'd try to find a deal. We've heard there were reportedly six buyers. There's now three seriously interested parties. Uh, Kirshner, Appleby, and Gadsby. There might be a couple that we don't know about. I don't know. Those are just the ones that we do know. So why would you not sit there as administrator and try to do the deal? Now, I understand the complexities of English, of, of, of buying and selling a football club. It's not like buying a car, right? But it's very much like buying a house. You look at different things and, and you set, set things up and whatever, and you're dealing with a lot of money. So that takes a lot of due diligence. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they have three interested parties, Try to get the deal done as quick as possible. Name your preferred bidder. Let's move on and let's try to get something forward for Derby County. But continue to drag your feet. We're now seven days from the new year. They go into January. Window opens on January 1st, Jason. So Derby's already behind the power curve. And then you're looking at six to eight weeks for the EFL to do their fit and proper test, right, from January 1. That's mid-February. And we've been told there's no cash to be able to sustain Derby County after the end of January. So what the hell is going to happen? EFL is not going to rush their, their fit and proper test. And I think that it's just a dereliction of duty by the administration. They need to get their fingers out and they need to sort this out as soon as possible because I like, I love Derby County, Jason. I like doing this podcast with you. I love it. It's the best hobby I have. But I want to be able to continue to do this in February, March, and April. I want to have, be able to continue to have a club to support. Yeah. Okay. Because, because this is the dire situation that we're in now. And, and the fans, 
I don't know whether we feel like, I don't know whether, I feel a little bit hoodwinked, to be honest with you, by the administrators. They came in, oh, look how great the communication is. And they played exactly on the heartstrings. Well, we knew they weren't talking, so we'll talk to them. We know this. So they see, they, they keep playing to the crowd. But now they've got their cans out and they're playing their favorite game, kick the can down the road, like they've done three and four and five and six times before this. This shouldn't be a shock that they've kicked the can down the road. They've kicked the can down the road again. How many more times is this going to happen? And they're being, and they're charging every time that they do it as well, because they're getting one and a half million pounds a month. That is a heck of a lot of money, a heck of a lot of money. They need to sort this crap out and we need to get it sorted. Now, you know, whatever's happening is happening on Twitter right now in terms of Chris Kirshner. You can tell that he's frustrated. You can tell that he's angry and that he's upset. And I would be as well. Um, If I'm a businessman, you want to get deals done. You don't sit around in business and let the deals linger. That's something always smells bad. You know, if you walk up to a property in Derby and you sit there and they go, well, it's, it's, it's a hundred thousand pounds. And you go, that's look at the old theater, right. In, in, in the, in the city center of Derby, the derelict theater, right. Let's say they put that on market for a hundred thousand pounds and it sat there for four years. What would that tell you? You'd go, wow, a hundred thousand pounds. That's a great deal. How long has it been on market? Four years. Wonder why. Wonder why. Because there's some, there's some issue with it because somebody would have come in and seen that deal and there's a problem with it. And there's a problem in Derby County and it needs to get sorted because if not, we won't have a football club to support. Yeah. Sorry, that really do me. <laughs> no, no, I, I fully agree with you. And I think, yeah, as you say, all the, the, all the conversations that are going off on Twitter with, with Chris Kirchner and, you know, we did say it was a bit strange that he was out there in the public. Um, something that we, you've just mentioned off air. Where, do, where does he go from here? You know, calls Derby from a pig to a dog, but then, then is is the preferred bidder. It doesn't. It doesn't feel that that's the natural progr- the natural path. Now um, we know nothing. But for for me, I think his name is going to start to be to be rubbed out. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on this point in a second, which which basically leaves what's been reported: two parties, Gadsby, Andy Appleby, both know Derby County inside out. You would presume one. Both have been former former chairmen. Both have owned the football club, or certainly had a good part in running the football club. Um, Corey, I'm going to make a bold and brash statement here. I do not want Peter Gadsby taking over Derby County. I've seen Peter Gadsby take over Derby County in the past. I've seen Andy Appleby take over Derby County in the past. One thing that both of them did was pull Derby out of the mire. I'm not suggesting that they can't do that. But then when things were on an even keel, you... Derby and any football club has to live within their means. And I, and I get that, but one with a, a history and I know it means nothing, but one with a history and a fan base of Derby County, Derby County, just being in the back into the championship. If, if relegation happens this season, Derby County being a mid table championship team is not going to be good enough for fans, the city, everything else. So you need somebody who's going to be able to come in and do and do that next job. Now, from the experiences of previous ownerships that these two have had, they never took Derby to that next step. It was, it was never that next step that they could get Derby County to. It was at that point, both times that somebody else came in and took the reins. Um, obviously what, but ultimately both scenarios there failed in the end one, let's face it very nearly worked. Um, so it's one of those, I mean, I've, I've, I've listened to the podcasts, I listen to Radio Derby, I, li- I listen to everything. And a lot of fans are saying Derby wants stability. And don't get me wrong, those two names would bring, you would presume, would bring stability back to Derby County. It's not a quick fix. We know that. It's not a 6 to 12, 18 month thing. It, it's, we're talking years. We are, we are talking years before Derby County, unless they hit lucky. Unless they hit lucky. Go down, stay up, go down, whatever, come back, bang, bang, double promotion, whatever. That's the only, that, that would be lucky uh, to, to build a side and it work like that. So you've got to look at it in a realistic manner. You are looking the best part of four to five years, probably, to rebuild Derby behind the scenes, rebuild the finances, do all that, get a team on the pitch that's capable of competing. Um, now, I'm sure fans will be happy to wait five years uh, and they will. But I think if, if there became a point down the line in two and a half years, three years time, and I'm, I'm just literally spitballing here, this is all hypothetical. One of those two took over, got Derby County out of the mire, started to turn the figures around. And in three years time, you looked at Derby County and went, right, the next progression is 
that move back towards the challenging for the in the championship. And Derby had two, two, three seasons straight of obscurity. That that wouldn't sit with any of the fans. So, so it's really difficult for me to be really excited about having one of those two names as an owner. Now we don't know about the deals. We we know not, none of the history. We don't know none of the the you know the build up, the makeup of these deals. We don't know that one of one of the interested parties hasn't got a pot of two hundred and fifty million that they're sat on. I think all the reports are leading towards they haven't, but we don't know the answer to that. And I think that's why Chris Kirchner was one of those that a lot of fans attached to because he was a bit of the unknown. He, he He's never been involved in football, obviously big, big red flag, you would presume. But, um, you know, the way that he went out there on Twitter and spoke to all the fans, that got everybody on side straight away. Um it's very much a, a dip for me personally. This is a personal opinion. It's very, it's very, very difficult for me. If I was asked the question, who would you rather have in charge? Who would you rather buy Derby County out of those three parties? Um, it's very difficult. I think it's a, there's a head, there's a head answer and there's a heart answer. Very much like we've harped on for a very, very long time. And you have Derby County still need to be a club this time next year. If that's the case, you have to lean towards Appleby or Gadsby. If you want, not, I don't think it's a go, you know, a, a risk or bust kind of thing. But if Kirchner came in and in six months didn't, you know, it just didn't work out, then Derby County could be in trouble again. And obviously, a, a second time in twelve months, then there's going to be, you know, you would presume that there'd be major, major issues. So having somebody who doesn't know how to run a football club, I mean, he knows how to run a business, we know that, but football is different. Uh, somebody who doesn't know how to run a football club, it, it is a big gamble. But I don't know if I'm happy as a fan, happy to sit there and stagnate for five years, Corey, is, is basically what I'm saying. That, that whole rant, that whole conversation was that what it was about. Would I, would I, am I happy to see Derby stagnate for five years? Because I can assure you, under Nigel Clough, I wasn't happy to watch Derby stagnate for five years. I mean, I had to. I went through it and we came out through that and somebody else then, as I said, then somebody else brought the club, injected the money to it and pushed it onto that next level. And if... Is that really what I want for Derby as as a fan from a, from a club point of view and a business point of view and a financial point of view? That's probably exactly what Derby needs right at this moment in time. But from a fan's perspective, especially you know, we've had two years near enough of this crap already. Can can we really, as fans, be expected to keep putting our hands in our pockets and sustain it for another four, five, six years potentially? Well, three, four at least, and then at the end of that you know, look, look back at it and go, right. Okay. You might not even be out of league one in four years time. If, if things are going to have to be ran that tight, which we know they are that with, with, a, with a consortium or whatever it may well be with them coming in. And we know they've not got millions. We know they've not got millions because they never put millions into it last time. That in fact, I think both of them hardly put anything in. Okay. Gadsby got pride part built. And, you know, there was a lot around the stadium that he was involved in. And I know all that. And obviously, Andy Appleby did did a, did a decent job. Took took over from an absolute bunch of idiots, um, and and got the club back onto back into a, a you know a good. And he was the start of that 2014-15 you know period where you know, he was the beginning of that before Mel obviously took it over. I just don't know if I can sit here all-heartedly, Corey, and say that I want five years of obscurity with a with a chairman who who petty pinches and the ambition um, is. It's going to be lacking. Um, ambition's going to be if they go down. Ambition obviously will be will be to get straight back into the championship. But then after that, the, all the ambition's going to be is to stagnate into the championship. That, that's all it's going to be. The, the counterpoint to that, Jason, is I agree because football is about one thing at the end of the day, and it's about winning, about getting three points on the board. It's about winning. It's about trophies. But I could argue the fact that Appleby turned the club around in terms of stagnating Derby for four or five seasons to make it a more attractive proposal, which eventually led Morris to buy it. No one's going to buy Derby County in the situation that they're in. I think that they're very lucky to have three people who are very interested in purchasing Derby. And I agree with you. I don't want to sit there for five or six or seven years and watch the Dean Moxies of the world take back in, 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 in stagnating, boring football where he's a lower mid table team, like a Preston or something like, no disrespects to Preston, but you know, like that. But I think we're on such a knife edge here that Derby might not even exist. 
And I think that they could come in I'm just playing devil's advocate because I agree with you. I mean, Kirshner, Kirshner is a, an attractive proposal, supposedly. Uh, reached out to several people here in America who do business stuff. Never heard of him. Don't know his company. Company's been around for a couple of seasons. So it says to me, you know, how much of that cash is liquid? How much of that cash is loans? How much of that cash, right, is, is, is can he actually fund instead of loaning and mortgaging other things? Um, if they're football men, Gadsby and Appleby, and they care about Darby, which I'm sure they do because they've owned it. They've both been in around it a long time. Maybe it's not the worst thing in the world for them to get the financial house in order and start to build for another four or five or six years for then it to, to take on with another, with another, uh, with another chairman. I mean, when you look at Nigel Clough to Steve McLaren, what changed that Derby team? It wasn't a change of ownership. It was a change of manager because the, 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 the pieces were in place. You have to go in there. You have to create value in your squad. You have to get players that people want to buy, that people spend money on so you can go out and buy better players. And that's what I want to see Darby become, and I'm okay. I, I agree. I don't want to see them set Nate, for five or six years, but I wish I'm watching Darby County in five or six years, Jason. That's more important to me, just being able to watch them in five or six years, being able to go to Pride Park, being able to sit there and be in the community so that we can continue what we're doing and then all these different things. Because for me – for me, Darby count, I'm not, I can't think anything past January because I scare to think of what that looks like because I might live in a world without Darby County. And so for me, I just want the deal done to somebody so that we can move on from this. And Kirshner's fine. It's fantastic. I've given you my thoughts on that off air um, about him and everything like that. But Morris tried to come in and splash the cash. And it didn't work. So now we're expecting a lad with no affinity to Derby, somebody with supposedly millions to come in and splash the cash. He doesn't know the game of football. And I'm sure he'll surround himself with good people. But, or you can have two people who are steady Eddies. And steady Eddie is not sexy. It's not sexy to have a steady Eddie. But who finishes the race, the tortoise or the hare? And I think, I agree. I don't want to watch him stagnate. But I want someone to take control of this club that cares about it that can sustain Derby County for 5, 10, 15 years, hopefully win something, hopefully get some promotion or something like that, but just to have a football club because that is the point that we are at right now. It, it is. It is. I, I'm and so I, I understand where you're coming from, and I agree with you. But on the flip side of that, mm. be a safe pair of hands is exactly what we're in right now because without that, the, this ship is going down. And I'm not talking about down in League One. I'm talking about out of business down. Yeah. And that's no bueno at all. No, no, I, you're right. The, the, there's always two sides. There's always two sides to to that to that conversation. I'm just looking at it from, as I say, from from a direct fans perspective. And you know, we we remember back in in under Clough and the gates were down at twenty thousand, twenty one thousand. Um, obviously, the gates are down at that at the minute, but there's there's other matter. There's other reasons behind that. Derby Derby go down into League One, and you know they're only. You know, you could you could probably take a few more thousand off that. You know, Derby go down to League One and are only hitting ten to twelve thousand a week. You know that that from again, I'm I'm talking about Derby County as a big club because we support Derby County. We think Derby County are a big club, and Derby County, let's face it, aren't a big club anymore. But I I have a I have a fear that as I said, we know there's no quick fix to this. There isn't, but I do have that fear that somebody's going to come in like a steady Eddie a penny pincher tighten the tightens the ship. And I'm just worried that fans are going to get disconnected with the, some fans, not all uh, some fans are going to get disconnected. And do you know, I, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. If somebody said to me tomorrow, you're going to have the next five years in league one. Would that sway my decision on getting a season ticket for the next five years? Possibly, possibly not. Obviously it doesn't work that way, Corey. We, we, we've got, we, we don't know. Derby could go down. Derby could go down to league two. Derby could go down they could come straight back up and then challenge for challenge for the premier league. We, we just, we just don't know the way, the way that things are going to go. Um, but that's why when I come back to it, it's a heart and a head. I think my heart doesn't want Derby County to stagnate. And I'd like, I would like an exciting owner in, in charge, but like you say, there are all the pitfalls to that. Whereas I suppose the head side of things in, in it is that I don't want Derby County to go out of business. I want a Derby County to support in five years time. So maybe that is the more, the more solid option 
It's just, you know, when you hear these names banded about, what excitement does that give to a fan base that, you know, four or five men are going to come in, strip everything back? Not, I mean, they're wealthy men and whoever and whatever, they're, they're wealthy people, but they're not coming into Derby County to look to splash 50 million at it. They're not. They're going to try and generate income from because well, all the fifty million is going to go to pay off all the debts to begin with. Well, there there is that, but hypothetically, unless Elon Musk wants to buy it or Jeff Bezos, <laughs> I mean, I'll send Elon. I'll just text Elon and ask him if he's yeah. interested. Now, I mean, well, that's it. But I mean, you know, just just hypothetically, they're not going to come in and have that kind of capital to start throwing around. Um, and fans, but are I don't think get it's prudent to do that. that. Look how much money Mel Morris wasted on crap. And he splashed yeah. the cash, and we bought Bradley Johnson and Jacob Butterfield and Abdul Kamara, and I, I don't know who else, a bunch of other wasted time players that, you know, in terms of making, in terms of making um, progress on the game and stuff. I mean, that, that's, that's the way it was. Yeah, no, that is true. But we was hoping we was going to have – I, I want to have some pizzazz about Derby County, but I'm reading about him in the Daily Mail all the time, and I'm fed up of reading negative stuff all the time. I'd like it just a couple years. I wouldn't mind a couple years of it just being boring, where all we can do is just talk about things that go on a football pitch, no matter what division we're in. That would be fantastic. That would be that would be fantastic. And we're out of the front pages and the back pages. And we can just be boring for a couple seasons, get everything in order, and then build for the future. Because right now, Jason, we're on a road to oblivion. Yeah, that, that is very true. You can't, you can't argue that point. I think. But should we finish? We should we should we finish, Jason, with some festive cheer? We'll finish with a couple of things. One thing that I wanted to mention on the podcast, everybody may well have seen it doing the rounds uh, on social media, and that is, of course, the uh, no home kit um, push for. You know, no one should be without a home. That's why teams are swapping the home shirts this season uh, for Boxing Day fixtures for the away kit. We want to get behind that and support that as a, as a podcast and hopefully Derby County as a fan base. We know there's, there's plenty in there and we'll be sharing various bits of information about that on our social medias. We think it's 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 a great... Um, you know, we've had a chat with a couple of the guys from there. It, we think it's a cracking cause and we want to we want to fully get behind that. Um, so you know, keep out for those on our socials. We'll, if, and if, you're and if you do go to the game at West Brom, um, wear your away kit or your third kit from Derby. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I suppose that only one one more thing to really talk about, Corey. And you're right. And end with some festive cheer. So I'll let you take it away. Okay, Jason. First of all, what do you want for Christmas this season? Um, I'd like I'd like a week off work. That'd be nice. Right. I work over the festive period, so uh, yeah, uh, a week enough. a week off would be nice. But um, no, yeah. In terms of what what would I like? Um, a good question it's a good question uh, footballing aside uh you know obviously i i think everybody would know what my feelings are about what i'd like from a from a footballing perspective um i'd like some rich oil based texan to come and to come and buy derby and throw billions at it but and, and become manchester city in five years but you know that that's a pipe dream i, w- I woke up in my cornflakes after that one um but yeah I, you know peace and goodwill as always um and, and peace to all men on earth and, and all that kind of stuff um except for mel morris or are we including mel in this uh, i don't he, he's he's not part of my life anymore i, I don't he doesn't right he yeah really he doesn't really get a mention um right. but, but one th- the one thing i probably would like to uh to to do uh, in terms of football um for for christmas Corey, i think you, you're trying to point me down a path here um is i'd like to know something um a, a question that poses uh, th- th- there's a great player from from Derby County's history um, that everybody, of course, will be synonymous with with Derby County, who goes by the name of of, of Steve Steve Bloomer. Might have heard of him. I've heard of him. Yeah, um, you know, cra- great record for Derby and and wherever else he was. And one thing that we know that he did do is that um, obviously he he was capped by his country. But one of the three times he played for England, scored 28 goals. Well, the burning question, Corey, is, and I know you've got the answer to this, is where are those caps now? Well, Jason, I know exactly where those caps are right now. Um, I'm not wearing them. They're not in this room that I'm sitting in. But I I recently sat down, and by recently yesterday, sat down with the man who owns them. 
um, who is also the former uh, chairman-elect and board member at Manchester United and the former owner of Carlisle United, Mr. Michael Knighton, um, who graciously agreed to come on the podcast uh, to do a to talk about his career in the game. He talks a lot about Derby. We talk a little bit Manchester United. And should be a, it was a real cracking chat, Jason. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. We're going to record a second part after after the Christmas holiday. Um, but, you know, for any football fan, and we talk a little bit, we talk a lot about Derby um, and obviously Steve Bloomer's caps because he owns all of Steve Bloomer's England caps um, and they're all in mint condition, oddly enough. Well, and I wasn't part of this uh, of this chat, unfortunately. So I know I'm looking forward to it. That is our our Christmas present from the podcast to to all the listeners. That that will be probably dropping somewhere over Christmas. Um, might Jason, Christmas Day. you you were unable to join us because of your because of your work commitments over the thing. Because I do miss you, um, but we do have a couple other fe- uh, as, uh, episodes that will be out in the new year that should be quite tasty indeed. Um, not going to name anything right now as we finalize everything, but we have we have a couple things lined up that should be pretty tasty. Um, but yeah, be on the lookout for for the Michael Knight episode um, right after the West Brom game, maybe even before. I don't know. We'll see how we're feeling and how much eggnog we drink on Christmas Day. Um, one more question, Jason, and I'm going to put this out because I want this to be a little quiz that we're going to do. But I'm going to let this sit here. I'm going to let it mellow in your mind for a little bit. And you can give me a couple answers real quick, but not all of them. How many players have played both for Derby County and in Major League Soccer in America? Major League Soccer, not NSAL, Major League Soccer and Derby County. I could, I could probably name four or five. We, we, name them for me. We, we've had a fair few on the podcast. <laughs> we have. We have indeed. Um, um, there are still a couple out there that um, I know that we haven't, as of yet, I'd like to point out, as of yet managed to get hold of. Um, but of course... Um, we, we've got Connor Doyle. He, he's he's probably played in the MLS. Um, he did DC United. Jo- Giles Barnes, obviously. Um, Houston Dynamo, Vancouver Wayne, Whitecaps. You're dead on. Johnny Russell. Johnny, Johnny Russell, Russell, Kansas City. Yep. Wayne Rooney, of course. DC United. Um, and then you know we could go back a few further years, probably before the MLS started as well. The, there'd have been a few in, involved in there. Um, a good friend in Fiora, for of course. Yep, New England Revolution and LA. Yeah, fantastic. Um, Jason that played for DC United can you name him we've also had him on the podcast uh, I can't off the top of my head but of course we've also John Harks I was going to say we have talked with John Harks I I think John Harks more of him more with the uh, with with his with his dealings in in football now in over in over in America so yeah there's a fair few there is a fair few there's a fair few and and I'm going to put a quiz out about this because I think it's very interesting and I was compiling this initial list um and then I thought I had them all. And then I woke up at like 10 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night in a cold sweat. And I had to find a piece of paper because like three or four more hit me, which is really sick. I think that says a lot about my sleeping patterns. I probably should see a doctor about that. But um, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. And then we'll have a, we'll have a discussion later on when we bring on, uh, when we bring on some other people who know their Derby County history um, and, and quiz them about that and, and see it. So, you know, if you can think of any more, let us know in the comments, let us know. Uh, but we'll put some posts out about it and, and maybe a quiz or two over, over the festive period. We'll, we'll see how we feel. Depends we on how much we have. Well, exactly. And, uh, you know, festive periods are notoriously busy anyway. Of course, we've got the West Brom game. So obviously the next podcast will hopefully uh, have a game on the 27th. We'll hopefully have a podcast just after it. We'll hopefully get Lewis back on to talk uh, and, and review the game with us. We'll also have the guys from um, from Stoke to yep. talk about yep, the, the YYY files. files. That's it. Ben the on the, I want to say the 30th. Um, I think it I think is. It 30, is. Yeah. Um, and then we might have even a New Year surprise. Who, who knows? We'll, we'll wait and see on that one. Um, one thing that we do know, it's always jam-packed. And you never know. I doubt it, because they're probably all off drinking cheese and wine at 10 Downing Street. Like 10 Downing Street, should I say. But we might even but they're have charging Derby County for that cheese and wine. Yeah, well, that. They might, we might get some news from Quantuma over the festive period. Who knows? Um, if we do... It'll be on, it, obviously, as soon as it breaks, we'll be here to uh, to talk about it. Um, and the final thing for me is, uh, obviously, a Merry Christmas to you, Corey. Merry Christmas to all the Merry listeners. Christmas, Merry Christmas to everybody who, who um, contributes to, to the Rams Review podcast, however small or large that may well be. Happy holidays to everybody uh, in America and, and everything like that, and whatever, whatever else, however else you say it. Um, and we will be back. I won't do the Happy New Year's just yet because we will be back before before that so it's it's season's greetings from us 
Uh, Corey, as always, a very Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays. I hope you have a wonderful time and we get to see each other in about three days time. Perfect, Jason. I'm looking forward to it. I hope Santa's I hope Santa's good to you and I hope he's good to Derby County on, on Sunday as well for, for the three points. And hopefully this year you don't get as many pieces of coal as what you've done, but no, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. But that is all from this episode of the Rams Review Podcast. Thanks very much for listening. And as always, up the Rams. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch. On Twitter, we're at Rams Review 1. On Facebook, it's Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, up the Rams. The Rams Review Podcast are proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, putting fans first.